Welcome to Punditocracy, the politics and culture podcast, and this episode features special guests, the Maggot Punks. The Maggot Punks are a body band of atheists and agnostics based out of Wichita who have been baiting anti-abortion activists, whom the punks refer to as just antis, since 2002. They've taken their Christless crusade from the front lines of abortion clinics to the virtual theater of unholy war known as cyberspace, posting unflattering photos, videos, and personal information of so-called fanatical fundy freaks at maggotpunks.com. This network of up to 30 MPs take part in rallies around the country, are working on a documentary film, and occasionally engage in undercover investigative journalism. Maggot punk organizer Steve Podorf, web handle Mr. Zero, and spokesperson Doug Itner, a.k.a. Dig Dug Deeper, a.k.a. D-Cubed, spoke with us about their agitprop pro-choice pranksterism. start out with the obvious question uh who are the maggot punks and what is it that you do what's your mission statement or manifesto if you will <laughs> uh doug you want to take that real quick um yeah why don't you take that one okay <laughs> well um the the history is the history is kind of interesting uh we all started out as uh, as patient escorts um at women's health care services in wichita and uh, also central women's services um, we we kind of got together because uh, we were kind of essentially the younger crowd. Um, we also had a had a love of digital photography and taking pictures and and posting them online. Um, eventually, we decided to sort of form up a little group. And uh, one day, somebody it was at uh, sent at uh, Women's Healthcare Services uh, said to us, "You're all a bunch of little maggot punks." <laughs> And uh, we have, none of us had ever heard the term maggot punk before. Uh, we we kind of stopped and said, no, oh, that, that's an interesting term, and that became our name. Um, essentially, uh, what we were doing is we were, we were wearing the insults of the fundamentalists who uh, attempt to, to stop people from getting medical services, wearing their insults as, as a badge of honor. And so that's why we're called maggot punks. Um, we did a lot of escorting for a while, I personally have kind of fallen out of that because of uh, um, pretty drastic career change. Doug has really uh, uh, taken up a taken up quite a bit quite a bit more of the slack. He's been doing a lot of stuff, kind of behind the scenes with the Newman Report, mm-hmm. um, uh, getting all the information you know on the on the antis and so forth. Um, now we're kind of a uh, you know weekly, biweekly, easy, and I guess. Anything you want to add to that, Doug? Well, yeah, Steve basically started everything. He was like the, um, we got there, and he was the one mainly with the camera, and he had all these photos online, and he's kind of like the one that just organized it into a format onto the website. We, we had a lot more time to do, like, more external things in the past because, you know, we, we, we were unemployed, and <laughs> you know, so we, we had a bit more time on our hands. And, yeah, it kind of really developed through that because, we, we thought it's like, well, you know, Christian Gallery has all these things like the uh, doctor wanted posters and all this personal information online. So what, what we did really wasn't terribly original. We just took what the antis were already doing and turned it around on them. And naturally, they didn't really care much for that. But <laughs> they didn't really have any room to complain. So they're the ones that give us yeah. the idea. Right, right. 
being that you are a Wichita-based group, do, how do you think that that specifically in that geographical location uh, influenced you uh, politically? And uh, do you think that you'd be as politically active as you are now if you didn't live in Wichita or uh, did not grow up in Wichita? Well, for me, the, the reason, the whole reason I started escorting is because, you know, first of all, I am, you know, I, I, I give myself a label of ultra-liberal militant atheist, mm-hmm. which definitely puts me in the minority in Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> and the reason I started escorting is, um, you know, meet other people of, of like mind, and also I was just really sick and tired of the fundamentalists who like to, they, they like to push people around, and everybody seems to be so scared of them. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not particularly scared of these people. What are they going to do to me? Mm-hmm. You know, shoot me? <laughs> you know, and if, if that's the case, then I guess I become a martyr. You know, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> it's using their terminology now. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and, and so I, I ran out of, I started escorting, and then I really found that um, I irritated them a lot. <laughs> and I sort of liked that because I, I thought, you know, these people are running around. They're telling everybody how to live their lives, and they're screaming and hollering about how terrible Bill Clinton was and how great George Bush is, but never actually stopping to compare what the two presidents did. Just, oh, this guy's a Christian, and this other guy had an extramarital farewell in the White House. It's like, are you guys even listening to what's coming out of your mouth? I mean, look at the economy now, uh, and then compare that to what it was in the late 90s. And, and no, they don't, they don't even think about this. They do exactly what they're told. There are these you know, there's these religious zealot bots, and they will, you know, they'll go around, they'll harass people, and they'll ruin people's lives just because it, it happens to suit their, you know, whatever ideological uh, ideological path that they're being led down. Um, so irritating them was something that I really found appealing. Now, if I lived in, in someplace else, say like Anchorage, Alaska, uh, probably no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as politically active because I'd be pretty much in you know in line with everybody else it's right. everybody else that's there so you wouldn't have as much to react to right well i disagree with that because i'm from fairbanks alaska <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay you mentioned actually that um uh, at least uh, steve mentioned that uh, he had uh, started the escorting because he wanted to meet people of like mind um did you guys all meet that way through your political activity, or were uh, any of you friends beforehand and then move into this stage of political activism based on that? Well, that's how I met, that's how I met Doug. I yeah, met, oh, I started an online atheist group here because I was kind of like, didn't really like the ultra-religious fundamentalist extremism around here and the fact that you, know, you can't teach evolution in the schools at the time. <laughs> and so Steve joined me there, and... It was over at the clinic that we met um, Melody and Ashley, and the uh, women in the group were escorting there well before we went up there. And how many people actually count themselves as maggot punks? So what's your roll call right now? What, five or six? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just the core group is, I guess, like six. Uh, we, have, we work with, like, loads of other people on various things, like other groups or past escorts and other escorts and stuff like that. So there's there's probably at least 30 of us together that actually go out and do something. Sort of the the core constituency. not like a a membership application or you've got to pay dues (laughs) or anything like that. Right. It's, uh, 
you know, if you want to be a MAGA punk, who would claim to be that? Who is not? Well, talk about some of the specific activities that you're involved in. And you mentioned uh, at the top of the interview the Newman Report. Uh, go into a little bit of detail about the Newman Report, what it is, and uh, what the reaction has been to the Newman Report. Well, um, at the time I was working at Office Depot, and one of the uh, members of Operation Rescue came in to buy something, and they had on their check, it said uh, Youth Ministries, and it had a location, like, out of the state. And I thought it was kind of odd that, you know, they were buying something with some other group name. And they basically started this uh, investigation slow at first. And as, you know, I found out more information, like, uh, you know, found, eventually found their tax forms and stuff like that. They were pulling in a lot of money. How much was it? Like, like a quarter of a million dollars a year. And their last one in 2004 said, like, half a million dollars. And... None of them were pulling out a salary. They'd work 40 hours a week, but they didn't make any money, and they didn't have any other jobs. You look into what, like, Troy Newman bought up a lot of property. He owns, like, a quarter-million-dollar property. Yeah, essentially, you know, like uh, another one, Keith Mason, owns a $100,000 home, and he doesn't have a salary either. They're basically just, as far as I'm concerned, they're, like, uh, money laundering. <laughs> they send a lot of this money to a P.O. box, which Troy Newman reports as its employer called American Missionary Association. And from that is basically where he draws his money from. But it's a P.O. box in California that's owned by Troy Newman. And after I put out this report, they changed the P.O. box address. <laughs> so it's a, so basically they were basically able to make a ton of money tax-free. And so I was kind of a criminal element in that. And that was basically the entire basis of the Newman report. And it also goes into his ties of terrorism for, like, um, militant members of the Army of God. Like, uh, they have no... A protest at Dr. Tiller's, I think it's next week, and some of the contacts are like Robert Ferguson, who goes around saying, like, we should go and kill doctors and blow up clinics. And hmm. uh, Who's that guy from Alabama that he hang out, hung out with? Oh, is that Danny Ware? Well, well, Danny Ware is, yeah, another militant that wanted to go and uh, do a mass slaughter of pro-choicers. Talk about Neil Horsley? Yeah, Neil Horsley oh, yeah. and Jonathan O'Toole. Yeah, O'Toole. They were in that uh, HBO documentary, Soldiers in the Army of God. Mm. And they were also, um, uh, Troy Newman especially, was also a very big supporter of both uh, Paul Hill and Paul Hill, who uh, received death penalty in Florida for killing an abortion doctor and the person sitting next to the abortion doctor. And uh, Shelley Shannon, um, as you may know, she shot George Tiller in uh, 93. Is that right, Doug? I believe it was around there, yeah. It was like a year after that uh, big old Summer of Mercy protest that Randall Terry had. Uh, yeah, or a couple years after, yeah. I think that was 91. Yeah, another uh, guy that Troy Newman supports, Paul DePuri, that also knew Shelley Shannon. They're both from Oregon. Um, you've seen how much a hero he is. And Paul DePuri actually stayed at Don McKinney's house <laughs> during that uh, Summer of Mercy protest, so they were actually pretty good times. Friends there, so kind of wonders how many ties to terrorism Don McKinney has as well. The former special prosecutor of <laughs> yeah, and I was going to ask about that um, since he's been making the news lately because uh, Phil Klein appointed him as one of his last acts as Attorney General of Kansas. What are your experiences with Don McKinney? Well, if you look on the website, there's a I. I was down at the clinic one time, and I said, uh, "Hey, Don, let's get a picture together." And so. I guess his idea of being cute was to rabbit ear me, and uh, he's, he's threatened to sue us uh, countless numbers of times. Of course, we've never heard anything about that. 
Yeah, he called me a thief and a mass murderer, and there were some police down the street and told him to, like, to report me to the police, but he never did. So he, he has no problem, like, claiming people have broken the law, <laughs> but not actually going to really have any evidence for it. Is this guy actually a lawyer? Yes, he is. He got his degree in uh, Oklahoma. Ah, okay. Uh, and, of course, Paul Morrison has announced that he will fire Don McKinney as soon as he takes office. And I, I think that's probably a good plan. Probably. Yeah, he already had, well... It, and uh, the Wichita Eagle, I think it says, he's already been fired, but given his five days' notice, he's making $185 an hour <laughs> on taxpayers' expense. Now, now, Doug, doesn't he run the the uh, the church out of his house? Oh, yeah, he has his own cult, yeah. Um, and then there, were, there was one lady who was uh, forbidden to talk to us. Betty. Betty, that's right. She was forbidden to talk to us, and she had some sort of association with Don McKinney. I don't know what it was, but... Um, that's when we kind of found out about a, a strange little cult being, or, or church or something being run out of his house. And that's in a rather nice, uh, you know, rather nice section of Wichita called Eastboro. Yeah, um, he calls it his on-fire house church, and he's like the spiritual leader there. Ah, and he's also a, an amateur musician, I noticed from the website. Um, yeah, he, he he thinks he's Bob Dylan. <laughs> well, he played at the uh, Walnut Valley uh, Festival, yeah, which is probably maybe like the bluegrass one, but with less drugs. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm not into bluegrass. I don't know. <laughs> uh, wow, that it's very interesting that this man has been uh, paid by the state government of Kansas. <laughs> Since you guys have been uh, out there cataloging uh, these people and their activities uh, naturally, and you've mentioned it, you've uh, received many threats. <laughs> and uh, um, talk about some of the specific threats that you've received, uh, threats of reprisal and uh, any physical harm. Like, wh- what are some of the worst that you've received? Uh, mostly the, the most interesting threats actually come electronically, mm-hmm. uh, usually through email or uh, indirect or veiled threats that uh, show up on our on our discussion board on our website. Um, I have been uh, I've been threatened with violence and been threatened with death on, on at least five different occasions via email uh, for my you know for my actions. Um, most of the people who are you know are disagreeing with me generally don't threaten me. I will say that much. But yeah, I have been I um, I have been threatened by email um, in person. Especially in a, in a public setting, I, I think I think they know to to watch what they say because if they're to threaten me with violence and there's usually a police police officer around, um, you can't do that. I mean, and they will at the very least get talked to and their you know their name will get taken. And then should anything happen to me, well, of course, you know, the police will go looking for them. So um, it, usually in person, not too much mm-hmm. has, has happened it, for me anyway. It usually comes through email. Well, yeah, in person, I usually get physically attacked, probably because he's yeah. a lot bigger than me, so they don't try to fight him, but they think they can handle me. Yeah, uh, Doug's been Doug has been assaulted a couple of times. Uh, Jeff Hersog attacked from behind, and there's that uh, Keith Kramer who attacked from behind. And these are both you know, the uh, regular uh, activists. And the... was the last guy to attack me. Ah, uh, you mentioned that. Well, he had his daughter in his hands. Is that right? Yeah, uh, did, I, yeah, I guess it might have been a son, but I don't know. He dresses up <laughs> like a girl. I can't. Yeah, there's a video. Um, as as Troy approaches Doug with the camera, he says something about child pornography, and takes the lens of the camera. And the best I can tell, pushes him backwards. 
I don't think Doug was injured, but still, I mean, you can't put your hands on people. That's the law. Right. I got an elbow to the face, but not much. Oh, okay. Because I, I asked him about his uh, laws of tax exempt status, and he didn't really care much for that. And uh, about that, um, is the Newman report directly responsible for his tax exempt status being revoked, or was this happening already uh, simultaneously with the Newman report? Well, the IRS doesn't say why they revoked somebody's tax exempt status, and it was uh, we were working on that, and Catholics for a Free Choice was doing some other stuff. Might have been our combined efforts raising noise or something like that, but they found something to uh, revoke the status for. Mm-hmm. On the topic of some of the uh, threats of bodily harm and actual bodily harm you've received, that's a, that's a bit grim. But uh, what are some of the, since you've been on the uh, the front lines, so to speak, of uh, some of these culture wars? Uh, what are some of the weirdest or funniest experiences that uh, you've had? Um, I think. Probably the weirdest person I ever met was, uh, I, I don't think I ever knew his, I think his name was Justin. Um, he was... Uh, the guy that wears the pig, that guy? Yes, he was 17 or 18, and i, I got to tell you, this guy made some of the most interesting fashion statements I have ever seen in my life. And, and one day he showed up with a backpack with a rubber chicken hanging off of the back, and I'm, I'm still trying to figure out exactly where we were going there. He would cut up tube socks and wear them as wristbands. Um you know, strange things are afoot. Um, there's, there's also uh, Danny Ware. Um, he, he's profiled on our website. Yeah, uh, he's dead now, though. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, smoking, drinking hillbilly drives around with a Confederate flag on his, on his van. Um, wouldn't, you know, I grew up in a Southern Baptist household, and I've, I've never seen anybody like him who actually, you know, was super religious, so he he was an interesting fellow. And then what what's that guy's name? Ron Brock. He's, oh, that you know, the uh, Santa Claus on crack guy. Yeah, he uh, he drives around a uh, he 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 goes goes all over the nation in a uh, you know super anti choice mobile. Uh, he was an interesting fellow, um, but uh, all kinds of all kinds of strange things get said and. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know where to begin to answer that question. You know? <laughs> well, there's one guy that insisted that we talk to his talking plastic fetus. Yeah. It didn't talk, but, you know, he thought it did. Yeah, and then there's the one lady who came out to Central Women's Clinic, and she would bring dolls with her all the time. And she would she'd set up all these dolls. And I'm, I said, okay, why are you setting up the dolls? Says, so women won't have abortions. And every patient that pulled up went in there. You know, and uh, as far as I know, went through the procedure. I didn't go check, but um, well, she had so many dolls and stuffed animals that people that were going into like the anti clinic next door had to come. You know, were parking in the abortion clinic spot, so she was trying to direct traffic over to the abortion clinic. You know, inadvertently. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, lots of strange things get done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, it, it, it's just kind of a, a meeting of a you know very extreme individuals. Right. And um, most of this takes place when you've been doing the escorting and encountering the majority of these people. It, uh, most of the time it happens in front of George Tiller's clinic. Is that right? Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, When we escort at the Central Women's Services, it's, uh, it's a little bit more intimate, if you will, because there's, a, there, there's an anti-clinic right next door, and the two buildings actually share a driveway. <laughs> and then there's this little line that 
neither one, we're not supposed to go on one side, they're not supposed to come on the other. Um, but then when, uh, when the patient is leaving, somebody will pull the car up in that driveway uh, to pick them up. And of course, they're trying to shout right into the car window, which is where we have to, you know, we have we form a physical barrier because it's, uh, you know, it, it's none of their business, you know, long and short of it, you mm-hmm. know. And you're not you're not going to yell at these people while I'm standing there. Well, as we learned at Dr. Tiller's, was like if somebody drives up and they leave their back door unlocked, uh, one of the uh, operation rescue people, Karen Myers, went into the back seat of their car, you know, just forced her way inside of the car, and the. Uh, People driving the car were noticeably upset and eventually got rid of her. Yeah. But uh, they'll, they'll do what they can or they'll stand in front of the cars often. That usually over at Tiller's will do that. <laughs> um, have you guys ever met Dr. Tiller personally? Yeah. Uh, what is <laughs> he, he doesn't seem to make many public appearances or statements, but uh, like, what, what, what's the sense you get from that man that uh, he's uh, the target of so many... Uh, attacks and threats. Uh, what are your impressions of him? Well, truthfully, he the, the the times I've talked to him, the subject has not come up. He uh, he just you know he he has been shot. His clinic has blown up. He's you know numerous threats of violence and everything. And I would imagine that he's probably kind of numb to it. Almost, he's like you know do whatever it is you're going to do. But, uh, you know, and he, he makes efforts, of course, to protect himself, which he should. Um, but honestly, I don't think he really cares that much about it. You know, what, what do you think, Doug? Am I, am I wrong well, on that? There's times he's, he's actually screwed with their heads. I mean, like um, Dr. Julie about it, and it kind of like uh, upsets her and some of the staff members. But one time, like, uh, you know, he had somebody else drive his car. He got out and walked to the front gate right in front of all of them, you know, just kind of like mocking them. <laughs> Or sometimes they roll down his window and stuff, but yeah, uh, he doesn't really take them seriously much. I mean, he sees them pretty much as a joke. Hmm. I think the last time I talked to him, I, I think um, the conversation had to deal more with uh, how he like broke his ankle or something pole vaulting, because they figured that like when he turned like over a, like a certain age, if he could still pole vault or something, he wanted to try that. Oh, when he tried to prove it, yeah, but okay. it didn't work out very well. Oh, okay, he well. Up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, has he? So he hasn't really spoken to you guys about your specific activities. Has he uh, offered any support to you uh, or um, uh, kind words about your efforts? Yeah, you know, I, I think when like, uh, our website came up and we were putting up like the video, well, I think it was like when our website first came up, he looked at it and thought it was outrageously funny. <laughs> like the uh, Steve manages to take pictures of anti's when they look their at their dumbest moment. <laughs> I should have been a photojournalist. <laughs> well, in a way, that's what you're doing now. <laughs> kind of, yeah, I guess. Um, and on the topic of that, uh, how do you define a fanatical fundy freak, and why do you catalog them on your website? Okay, a fanatical fundy freak. Okay, now, as I mentioned before, I grew up in a Southern Baptist household. My parents are Christian, and... I, I don't have any problem with it. They they go to church. They have their beliefs. I have my lack of beliefs. Um, they've they've never gone out to this abortion clinic and tried to screw up people's lives and tried to harass uh, you know harass a woman when she's when she's seeking medical treatment. 
Um, they've never tried to get in anybody's way or tell somebody you can't do this or you can't do that other than to say, all right, you cannot steal from us. That, that's about the only thing my parents do, and they, they say that basically by locking their door at night. Um, so I, you know, I don't have any problem with someone who just says, okay, I'm going to be a member of this religion. But it's, it's when somebody actually says, okay, I am so right and no one else can possibly can possibly be right except for me. Therefore, I have the absolute God-given right to go out and physically prevent people from doing something that I don't like, and not not something that's illegal. You know, obviously, a policeman can go out and physically prevent you from doing something illegal. But they're saying, here's this here's this medical procedure that I've decided I don't like, and therefore, I'm gonna. You know, I'm going to try to stop people from doing it. Here's something I don't want to be taught in the school. I, I don't want anybody's children to be taught, say, about evolution, because it contradicts this 5,000-year-old text that was written by a bunch of guys who believed, among other things, that rabbits chew their cud. So they're trying to pass these laws saying, no, your kids can't even learn about this. And I'm like, but why? If you don't want your kids to learn about it, take them out of school and homeschool them. Nobody's stopping you. Um, so I think how I define a fanatical fundy freak is someone who just absolutely insists they are right to the exclusion of all other possibilities, and they have been you know, granted this right by God, I guess, to, to go out and you know, alter how other people live their lives. Doug, what do you think? Well, you know... <laughs> kind of good somebody who like has faith and demands that people have you know the same faith or suffer the consequences you have a database of uh, at least the uh, the wichita what you consider the uh, ffs um what uh, what is the reason for that and uh, how did that come about well the reason was mainly um pretty much for law enforcement and for other people around the nation because the antis not all of them are local some of them like uh come from across the nation to uh, either relocate here or Wichita is kind of like a mecca for the anti-abortion people. Right. And so they travel around the nation. They'll, they'll go to other clinics, and ours is a repository of information, so they can see that, well, here's so-and-so, and he's not even from around here, so therefore we should keep an eye on him, because usually the people that commit the uh, murders and atrocities don't even do it in their own local environment because they're more likely to get recognized like Paul Hill was easily recognized because he was in his local environment yeah. but you get other people and it's like well we've never seen them before so we don't have an ID These clinics usually try to get information on these people as much as they can you know and I remember one time Troy Newman shouted at Dr. Teller he says okay you're not welcome here go away we don't want you in our town I turned around and said Troy this isn't your town you came from California you know I, I grew up in El Dorado which is a lot closer to Wichita than he grew up and I said you know don't don't claim this is your town. You didn't. You're, you're not from here, and and th- this is one of the things they do. They'll show up in Wichita and say, "We don't want you here. You're not we. You're not a member of the community." You know, it's it's kind of like if I if I went up to Lawrence and started screaming to somebody and said, "I don't want you." You know, we the people of Lawrence don't want you here. I'm not the people of Lawrence. I live in Wichita. Mm-hmm. You know, Troy came from California and has decided he knows what's best for the people of Wichita. Well, no, the people of Wichita will decide. You know, we don't it. And I'm, I'm sure you, you hear that a lot, but it's, you know, you, you can't just show up one day and decide that you're going to decide what's best for everybody in the whole town. Mm-hmm. 
Does that make any sense? That did. Okay. Yes, yeah. Huh? Somebody listened to Wanda. He doesn't, he doesn't even live in this town. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, and also on the uh, the the database, you have a few FFFs that have punked out written <laughs> over them. Uh, what is punked out? Well, it, it's just kind of like a funny clown makeup. It's like they they're either like they're you know don't show up at the clinic anymore, or um, they used to be regular protesters don't show up. Or in the case of Danny Ware, he just died, so it's like. Yeah, you don't really need to focus on these people anymore kind of thing. And, uh, like, Tim McKinney uh, decided to stop protesting when we found out that he had a mail-order bride from Ireland Ooh. and uh, started confronting him about it. Oh, well, no, I thought it was because uh, we confronted him about abandoning his own five children at home. Well, maybe that was and, whatever uh, it is. It could be both. Huh? It could yeah, be both. He, uh, what, whatever it was, he, uh, he didn't like that being said out loud where other people could hear it, so he quit coming. Mm-hmm. You know, and which, which is essentially our goal. Mm-hmm. You know, if if we can make it painful enough for them to come out there and they stop coming out there, then we've accomplished our goal. Fine. Women can, you know, seek this, you know, they can seek this medical treatment without fear of somebody harassing them, which is, you know, really what we want to do to begin with. Yeah, which is basically the law, because the Wichita, yeah, the Wichita, maybe the Kansas statute basically says, I think it's the Wichita you cannot impede somebody's entry into a medical facility. And uh, the police don't enforce the law unless they do something outrageously severe, like go and knock on the front door and try to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, they're basically under orders from the mayor not to do anything to the protesters. And we have documentation, video from um, 1991, where the police let the protesters go right up to the clinic windows and start banging on the windows and block the doors. And the police just stood there and did nothing. About tactics, uh, a tactical question. Uh, are you at all concerned that by using some of the similar tactics as the fundy freaks, like mocking them in public or posting their personal information online, you'll be left open to charges of hypocrisy? Do you see it at all as maybe sinking to their level? No, not at all, because these people are making themselves public figures. And um, so therefore they're drawing attention to themselves, and they basically want the publicity, and so we're just giving it to them. <laughs> the medical patients don't want to. They just want to go in there and get, you know. And and you won't and you won't find a single photograph or name of a of a patient anywhere on that website. And about the uh, the Danny Ware, the 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 dead guy. Do you no, think okay. do, you, do you think that maybe saying that he punked out by dying might be a bit uh, well, in actually, poor taste? He, he only came around for a couple three months, and then he went back to Alabama, and that's when we decided to. I, I think he was the first one that actually... No, no, he was here in town. He just stopped coming because uh, we, we, he stopped going to the clinic, so we punked him out. And later, I think it was Melody found his uh, name in the obituaries that he oh, died here. okay. Uh, I didn't know yeah, that. So that's... Uh, okay. So we we had that him punked out before he actually died. <laughs> um, you ever consider maybe removing him because he is now dead? <laughs> uh, it's a historical figure because he has a... He was caught, like, like with a huge cache of weapons and... There's a lot of pro-choice people who are going to have a candlelight vigil for one of the slain doctors. Uh, I don't know if it was Dr. Um, no, I can't remember the doctor. Uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Gunn, maybe. Yeah. And his intention was to go there and basically have mass killing of all these peaceful protesters. You know, and, busted. You know and, and by the same token, I, I think you'll, you'll go around and you'll find a lot of pro-choice sites uh, that still talk about Paul Hill, and Paul Hill's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it, it all serves as an example of how militant and violent these people are. Even Troy Newman says in his book, 
women should be killed for you know getting an abortion done. So you see it uh, not so much as sinking to their level, but more like fighting fire with fire. Yeah, uh, we're doing just doing our war on terrorism. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're patriotic. Looking them out of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> and along those lines, I, do you consider yourselves extremists? Me? No, I don't think I'm an extremist. No, I think uh, we're basically in the majority, especially this last election poll, that majority of people in Kansas and in America want their privacy rights protected. And they don't want to succumb to the um, Christ of fastest, like Operation Rescue, and have those constitutional protections taken away. And so you, um, do you see a political climate change in Kansas, so to speak? Uh, and if so, do you think it's for better or for worse? Well, yeah, there is a political climate change in Kansas. I, 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 I don't know how to describe it. It's not exactly what you're, what you're thinking. We're not all going to become socialists tomorrow. Um, but it definitely seems like people are starting to really consider how they vote. Where I think for a long time in Kansas, people would go to the polls not, not really even knowing who the candidates were and just vote blanket Republican because, you know, we're Republicans here. And I think that they, they found out over the last six years just what can happen if you do that, especially, you know, like the Republican Party, I don't think anyone is going to disagree with me, has been hijacked by a very small minority, an extreme minority in this country. I I don't think most people really want to impose their own beliefs on anybody else. I think the majority of Americans just say, you know what, we're going to live and let live. And I think probably the most common response that you would get if you walked out and asked, say, a thousand people or, say, a thousand women about abortion, the most common response you would get is, I'm not going to have an abortion myself, but if another one woman wants to have one, I guess that's her business. You know, and that's a perfectly acceptable position to me. You know, if, if you don't want an abortion, don't get one. You know, so, I, yeah, I think there is, there is a change, and I think that the fact that Phil Klein just got his butt kicked in this election was was uh, was pretty telling because i mean let's face it phil klein had no interest whatsoever in doing anything even remotely resembling law enforcement he hijacked the office he got elected to that office he hijacked the office for a personal and religious agenda and he took the system that is that was put in place to protect everybody and basically just used it for his own ends, and I think people got sick of it. On the topic of Phil Klein, do you think that he used the topic of abortion and uh, the religious right voting bloc to um, propel himself to power, or do you think that he genuinely uh, believed in those convictions? And Who cares? <laughs> I think he probably like agrees both, but he has political ambitions. And he knows, like, the Republican Party can't get votes on their appeals to tax cuts for the rich and destroying yeah. unions and allowing more illegal immigrants in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, so they use, like, things like flag burning, uh, gays getting married, burning those flags, and getting abortions. A perfect example is Sam Brownback. And um, there, there, was, there was one day that he spent, I think, close to four hours on the Senate floor talking about gay marriage. This whole time he was doing that while we're fighting an illegal war in Iraq, um, we've got a, a broken immigration policy. We've got a president who's decided that the Constitution doesn't apply to him, and all this guy can, sit or, can think to do is sit around and talk about gay marriage. Because, you know, I'm married, and I really don't see the problem 
with gay marriage because if two gay guys get married, that doesn't affect my marriage one way or the other. You know, my marriage is between me and my wife. Mm-hmm. And you, I'm, I'm telling you, Doug, if, if you go out and marry a guy, not going to affect my life one way or the other. I, I don't think it won't tear your marriage down. apart. <laughs> uh, that's but like Operation Rescue already tell, tries to tell everybody I'm gay, and for some reason, most of the hate mail I get, they, they accuse me of being gay. So I don't know. Because I'm single, thin, and live with cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think the, uh, Republic, a lot of the Republican voters, uh, mainly the moderates, are turned off by the neocon agenda because the Republicans have been in power, the majority, for like the past six years, and nothing's been done about abortion. You know, gay marriage has not been banned, and, you know, all these other emotional issues that they pass on. So they don't do anything until election time. Then they pass it on and try to get people motivated and manipulated into voting Republican. You know, and, and the truth of the matter is it's... Um Abortion and gay marriage are not are not the biggest problems that we have, but they're trying to make everybody think that they are. And you know, it's it, it just amazes me how how effectively they're able to do that. And they're me. I've I've been sitting here watching this, you know, forever and ever. I mean, it it started back during the Lewinsky thing. I mean, remember we impeached Bill Clinton because the man got a blowjob in office. But now we have a president who says the Constitution doesn't apply to him. And, you know, so, so to go back to another Kansas senator, Bob Dole, where's the outrage? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Everybody was mad about a, a sex scandal, but nobody seems to be mad that, you know, the, the one thing that defines the United States more than anything else, which is the Constitution, is, is being thrown out the window. Nobody seems to care. First of all, I, I take it from uh, your comments that you will not be brown backers in 08. <laughs> Um, uh, probably not. <laughs> but overall, you do see a, a, a definitive sort of um, shift in the Kansas political landscape. Well, I want to say I want Brownback to win the presidential primary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he'll lose in the general election, too. Yeah. Basically, um, Barney the dog, he'll lose. <laughs> so it's, it's not that I'm concerned. It's basically Pat Robertson running for office again. Yeah. But you know, not in favor of genocide. That's probably the thing that you know, separates them. <laughs> But uh, pulling it back to some of your uh, specific uh, efforts and actions in the past, it mentions on your website that you uh, once went undercover in a, quote, anti-clinic. Uh, could you elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, we, we sent uh, Maris, who's uh, one of the maggot punk and tear people, but she's not on the website, so we can send her in doing this undercover stuff. Mm-hmm. And we sent her undercover a couple of times. And sent her to the anti-clinic, the one next to the uh, Central Women's Clinic, and she basically posed, and everything was true except for the fact that she wasn't pregnant. I mean, that was her only lie, saying she was pregnant. And uh, they gave her all this false information, like condoms really don't work, and you're going to be torn up emotionally, and try to use all these emotional reasons to uh, prevent her from getting an abortion. Wasn't that the, the brochure that said that the, uh, um, the AIDS virus can pass through the pores of a latex condom? Yeah, it's, uh, they said, like, the... Uh, Holes of a condom were so huge that sperm can pass through well, or whatever. I remember it said the pores of a latex condom, and I thought, and I looked it up, latex does not have pores. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, the, it, it's water. plastic. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a and plastic. And they started a study trying to say how they're right about this uh, condom facts. And so I looked up the study, and it said completely the opposite. And uh, a few months ago, I tried to do an article for the Wichita City paper, 
about the, the morning after pill being approved over the counter, so I went to one of these uh, Justice for All rallies up at the WSU. Mm-hmm. And I met one of the uh, doctors that uh, works over at the uh, anti-clinic next to Tiller's. And she was giving me all this false information about the morning after pill. And so, you know, you just look it up online. This she was false, and this is a doctor here. So, he, And, uh, Steve, didn't you have somebody that was uh, pregnant and went to that same clinic? Um, yeah. Yeah, well, and, why don't you tell me what that happened over there. Oh, yeah, the, uh, there, uh, there was an ultrasound performed. Uh, as far as we could tell, there was no doctor in the clinic. Um, not sure what was going on there. Um, then they uh, they also said, "Here, would you like to hear the baby's heartbeat?" And so they were there. She heard this audible sound, but the the problem was that she was only six weeks pregnant. Hmm. Um, a fetus's heart doesn't start to beat in six weeks. So I mean, it, it was a completely false. I mean, it was it was uh, there. So you hear your baby's heartbeat? No, you don't. <laughs> That's not real. Yeah, she went back to her own doctor and asked him about this. And, and said, no, that, that possibly can't happen. You know, no, and then and the, the doctor and then that doctor himself listened just just in case this was some weird thing going on. Nope, no heartbeat. Hmm. <laughs> you know, and and uh, I I really question the medical ethics. You know, lying to a patient like that, and specifically, you know, going out of your way and you know setting up and you know, uh, what was the word, Pre- premeditating this lie like that. And this took place at what you would define as an anti-clinic? Yeah, that's Choices the Medical Clinic, um, and their full name, I think it says a Christian Ministry. Yeah. End, but they don't put that on. But they, they try to pose as an actual um, clinic. Uh, well, women's clinic. There. The woman I talked to, I checked her credentials online because they're all listed on the uh, Kansas something state website somewhere. And she is actually a doctor, although her doctor doesn't have anything to do with her doctorate is in something involving joints or bones or something. <laughs> oh, orthopedics or something. Uh, or an osteopath. Like kind of more of a quackier one. Okay. But, yeah, she has a legitimate, she has a, a legitimate medical degree. And there's one of these that's, and you mentioned when you were doing uh, some of your uh, escorting, that uh, there was an anti-clinic that shares a driveway with a, an, an actual uh, uh, clinic. Yeah. And yeah, is, is the point of that to try to confuse people to get into the, uh, the, uh, what you call the anti-clinic and give them this sort of misinformation? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They're, they're constantly trying to direct traffic next door. Um, that I'm sure you've seen the pictures. We, we wear the vests that say patient escort. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we flat tell them, you know, when, when they come in. Generally, we've, we've got to move the antis away from the car because they want to be screaming. Um, once we get them parked, I, uh, I, I try to put, I'm, I'm not a small person. I try to put my body in between the patient and the view of the antis because I, I don't think that, you know, anybody needs to see who's going into a medical clinic for any reason whatsoever. You know, so... Um, well, there have been times, it's like since we share the driveway, a few people have parked in the wrong parking lot, and as soon as, like, you see that, the antis rush up to the car, and the patients will walk to the uh, clinic. Yeah. You know, and we can't, of course, trespass on the other property and stuff. So uh, the entire time they're trying to convince them to go to the other place, and sometimes we've had to, like, drive their cars into the right clinic. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys working on right now? I mean, do you have any, um, any new efforts, uh, any new mobilizations going on? Well, I'm, um, since we're going to have a new um, consumer protection guy, since uh, Brian Brown, former member of Operation Rescue, 
uh-huh. is no longer going to be heading that department. I can refile my complaints against Operation Rescue. Uh-huh. So uh, they can look into their financial and ethical issues in the past. And Brian Brown is the Phil Klein appointee uh, whom Phil Klein's office claimed was just like Gandhi and Martin Luther King because he had uh, taken part in peaceful protests. Yeah. And has been arrested, what, like 13 times, I think? Well, I've taken part in peaceful protests, but nobody ever called me Gandhi, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Maybe just because you weren't wearing a toga, I don't know. Uh, Well, sure I was. Oh, Oh, yeah, you were. I forgot about that. (laughs) And Doug and I were just talking earlier in the evening. um, uh, Probably we we want to uh, try to make a, you know, YouTube is a big thing, and, uh, you know, we we have the equipment, so if we were thinking about... um, making a few videos and put out there on YouTube. Uh, try to make them funny and entertaining, but educational as well. Yeah, we've also been uh, pondering around, since we got loads more stuff than we actually have on there, to putting out another documentary. We yeah. saw one that somebody else did, but uh, we're putting, we're kind of want to put our own out there. And I uh, think next week, I and a few other, many other people, hopefully, will be going up to the Capitol for uh, Roe v. Wade Day again. We went again. We went last year, so it's just uh, more of a pro-choice demonstration up there. Do you feel that uh, after the uh, midterm elections that you have a bit more uh, wind behind your backs now, uh, uh, a bit more of uh, forward momentum? Uh, I, uh, I I don't I don't think it's worse. Okay. I'm I'm not I'm not saying it's it's any better, but it, it's definitely not worse. Um, this is, of course, going to make the antis more rabid than ever. So, you know, it's... I, I don't know, really. I, I can't answer that question. <laughs> so, the, the, uh, the war soldier's on. But I tell you, um, if you're going to quote me on anything, quote me on this. Mm-hmm. Okay? It is just as cruel to force a woman to carry a pregnancy to term than to force a woman to have abortion. Any uh, closing comments from you, Doug? Oh, no, I'm good. Okay. okay. <laughs> I always like to slip that one in. That's my that's my motto here. <laughs> Do you guys mind if I use this for a podcast? No, uh, oh, that's fine. No. Great, fantastic. I listened to your one before. I think on the uh, Christmas story. No, <laughs> yes, the War on Christmas, baby eating secular. Oh, the War on Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we won. Christmas is over. Well, <laughs> I will not stop until Christmas turns into a over commercialized bastardization of the original Christmas holiday. Keep on keeping on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Steve and Doug, thank you very much for joining us. All right. Thanks a lot. And I'd like to thank our guests, Doug and Steve of the Maggot Punks. Thank you very much for joining us here at PunditocracyLawrence.com's Politics and Culture Podcast. If you have any comments, feel free to email us at poundingthepundit at yahoo.com. Leave comments at lawrence.com. Or, please, be our buddies. www.myspace.com backslash punditocracy. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. I need to 
is torturing me You scorcher, you scorcher Fried egg on your face, girl You're scorching me Believe me. 